You know who it is. Let's go live. Go on radio. Uh, it's B U M O V O N. What's happening? We meet again. Uh, every Friday, late at night. Food for thought. We could be your day that night. Come on. Go on radio. Go on radio. churches both of you guys have two major black churches on the south side of chicago now we got callers on the line uh please hold the calls we're going to get to you in two seconds it's 312-374-8130 now father flagger you talked about um you know what has he planted talk about what have you planted here in in auburn gresham with saint tobina over the last what 40 years yes sir well i mean I'm not trying to talk about me, but I just think that I I look at it this way, Jim. I think, first of all, churches take up uh, tax space. Right. And if you take up tax space in a community, you owe that community to cultivate, to feed, to nurture, to serve the community of which you're in. The community ought to be better because you're there. Right. If not, then you should meet him. Many times pastors say, well, you know, I really can't do nothing in my neighborhood or my churches because most of my people don't live in this community. And my thing is always then, well, then move. Uh, Move your church because, you know, we talk about store owners that come in, open up five days a week, close up, go to another community, bank there, live there, shop there, and we say they pimp the community. Mm-hmm. Well, in my mind, a pimp is a pimp is a pimp is a pimp, whether you're a preacher <laughs> or whether you you're a store owner. If right. you're not just taken in from that community and you're not affecting that community, you're taking up a tax base, but you're not you're not changing the community you're in. So I think all churches, all synagogues, all mosques have an obligation to affect and transform the community where they're at. And, and, so, and I've said this over and over and over again. we got thousands of churches in Chicago. If every true. church in Chicago thousands. just said, we're going we're to be responsible for the two blocks, north, south, east, and west of our church. That's our territory. We're going to take care of that territory. We're going to own it. We're going to protect it. We could cut the police force in half. All right. There you go. Now, Pastor Brooks, yes, piggyback sir. off that. I, I agree with Father Flager of that. If you're going to be in a community, you should have some impact and influence in the community. And, and I, you know, I live in, in Woodlawn. I don't live out in the suburbs. And the reason why I live in Woodlawn, it's not because I couldn't afford to live somewhere else, but it's because uh, I, want to, I want to be where I serve. I want to live amongst the people right. that, I, that, that God has called me to. And, and if I'm called to that neighborhood, that means that God has put me there, planted me there to bring uh, change, to bring transformation. And I, I agree 100% with Father Flager, that if all of our churches 
would do more to influence our, our natural surroundings, uh, Chicago would be a much better place, and we wouldn't need uh, the uh, the Chicago police to be all over the neighborhood on on this weekend. Right, we, the right. church would have more impact and influence. So for me, like Father Flager, uh, I, I've seen Father Flager them do great things in Auburn Gresham, and yeah. and so. That model for me works because that's what I'm trying to do in Woodlawn, where where God has put us on King Drive, is, is change the neighborhood and change the mindset of people and help the people who live there. So that's what now, I'm all now. Now, so what we see, what Black communities see, is we see a lot of pastors who get a lot of money, they get a lot of cars, um, they live a lavish lifestyle. But what outside of the church? Uh, 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 do you have to, to dive into? Now, I know both of you guys have involvement in, in other social issues. Now, Father Flager, talk about the Social Service Center. Talk about some other ways that you actually really help people with daily needs because it's not just about my, – my thing is, you know, everybody go to church. We give a lot of time and offer money. It's a billion-dollar business. I almost want to start a church because I think I can I – I think I can have a good one. Now, <laughs> it's a billion-dollar business. Well, we're not sure of that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But how are you as a pastor? Because you could be a motivational speaker. I got pastors who I can lay down the line. Now, I got two pastors on, on right with me, so I don't want to start bashing other pastors in the city. But I got other pastors I can say that are good motivational speakers, but they're not good pastors. What make you a pastor, Father Flager? What are some other issues that you actually tackle in your community? Well, I think first thing, like Pastor Brooks said, is, you know, I live here, like he lives in Woodlawn, you know, you, you, you know, a shepherd's got to smell like the sheep. You can't be distant, you can't be removed from him. You've got to go through and see and deal and, and feel the pain and, and, and wake up in the same neighborhood that your members are waking up in. So I think, mm-hmm. I think it's important, very important to be rooted where your church is rooted. Right. But I think the other thing, and people, a lot of people don't realize everything we do at St. Smith, we run a social service center, we run a senior building, we run a apartment building, three two flats, we run a youth center, we run a, um, uh, a school, um, we run all this, this, this stuff here because, not because, oh, my father is going to have this or have that, it came out of we meet with our community a couple of times a year with the neighborhood and say, what do you need us to do? How do we serve you better? What what are the greater needs now? So everything we've done from the social service to the employment um, to the youth center to the apartment building to the housing, all that stuff came out of people saying we need this, we need this, and so we said, okay, we got to find a way to make that happen because it's what the neighborhood who we live in are planted in um, serves that. So I, I believe that. You know, I think like Pastor Brooks, you know, we, you got to have the ears to hear what your people want. It's not about sitting in a pulpit and preaching. Preaching is, is one little tiny part of ministry. It's what you do every day, and it's listening to the needs, both the people in the pews and on the street. I think we have to begin to see that our membership is not those who sit in the pews. Our membership is the neighborhood in which we live now, now, and properly serve them. Now, Father Flager, now, and, and, well, Pastor Brooks, mm-hmm. now— you can get a minister license online, right? Anybody can set up shop in the city of Chicago and build a church. Now, when I look at churches in the city of Chicago, what I think about is the fact that that's the only thing that black people have built in the last 
de- in, in decades since we've had a thriving business zone is why aren't we building more things? And right now, Father Flager talks about the youth center and things of that sort. You have a youth center. You have a, a do construction. You do a lot of things in your community. Now, why do why why are we allowing or allowing the state to just give out minister licenses and let anybody open up a church when we got a thousand churches around that church anyway? Where's the unification of people who want to be in ministry, or is it just a full a, a, a group of egos? Pastor Brooks. Well, again, like we said earlier, you know, there there are some people who 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 are called to do ministry. And I think that's the the individual. How do you determine about. that? Well, I think the calling is the the, the passion of the heart, uh, the direction of the ministry, and the transformation of lives being changed. And I think when you have those things, that's how you distinguish individuals who are called from those who just choose ministry as uh, a job or an occupation. Right. I know for me and for Father Flager, I would, I'm, and I don't want to speak for him, but. I, I would think that it's not just an occupation. It's a calling that we have on our lives uh, to be to be ingrained in the lives of people to bring about transformation. And for us, right. it's a calling. It's not just a job that we can just walk away from and just quit. It's something, this is what we're called to do. This is our passion. This is our heart's desire. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm called to do ministry too but i just don't go get my license you well, know what i'm saying well all of us are called to do ministry <laughs> ministry is about serving it's there about, you go it's, it's about, about serving it's about there me you go needs. come on father flager but, but, but make me a system some are called to be right now trying to get a license listen one of y'all can make me the assistant pastor or the youth pastor and we can you know hey i could do some things y'all and we I'm gonna give that to you, Pastor Brooks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna let you sign it. <laughs> All, right. All right, look, we got to go to a quick break. We'll be right back after this on the Bum Radio Show. You're listening to the Bum Radio Show with J. Ma Green and Kibbermo right here on WVON. You know what? I don't want to open up a business anymore. No bank will accept me. Well, that's gonna change with CNI. Who's CNI? Well, they're not a traditional lender. Their goal is to help you start up. As long as you have a great idea and willing to work hard. Well, I'm ready. Well, let me get you the $50,000 you need today to start your business. CNI is ready for you. If you want help with your business, too, go to cnimfg.org. That's cnimfg.org. In the first 10 days of April alone, at least 88 people were shot in the city of Chicago, 20 of them fatal. Our city has become a battleground for misguided people who have no hope, but it doesn't have to stay that way. It's time for us to join in the fight. Pastor Corey Brooks and Project Hood are launching a campaign to help bring change to our city, but they need our help. The South Side is in need of a community center to help provide resources and opportunity for our people. Visit www.projecthood.org. That's www.projecthood.org to donate and learn more about our project. And remember, it's up to us to change the landscape of our city. Let's build Chicago. Do you want to start a business but don't know the first steps? Are you an entrepreneur looking to expand? Or were you like me? had a rocky credit history keeping you from achieving the American dream? Are you just an individual wondering how to navigate our economy? 
When no matter your situation, Majesty Financial has a plan for you. Our trained professionals can help with financial literacy, credit development, business resources, and more. We will jumpstart your business and get you the capital that you need. Visit our website at majestyfinancial.com. That's M-A-J-O-S-T-E-E, financial.com. And learn how to make the most of tomorrow today. Let's hang out. What you want to do? I don't know. Let's go to the club. Uh, I ain't in the mood for that. Let's go to a bar. We did that last week. Well, we can do something chill, like a hookah lounge. Yeah. Everybody been talking about that place called Mr. Hookah. Mr. Hookah? Where's that? Hold on. Let me get the address. That's up north. It's at 5005 West Lawrence. They open seven days a week, 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. And it's BYOB. They said it's the best smoke in the shop. All right, let's go. Do you know how easy it is for your voice to get lost in courtroom injustice? Major forces using their power to silence you? Well, find your voice with the Parikh Law Group. Founded in 2010, the Parikh Law Group moves away from the traditional notions of law firm practice to innovative, personalized, and results-driven solutions. They have uplifted the voices of clients in cases concerning discrimination, immigration, corporations, and election law. Call the Parikh Law Group today to receive a complimentary strategy session regarding your legal needs at 312-725-3476. Once again, that's 312-725-3476. The Parikh Law Group will make sure your voice is heard. This is Kira Moe, and you're listening to The Bum Radio Show every Friday. Back on the Bum Radio Show. The bold, uncensored movement where the great thing about speaking the truth is you don't have to memorize it. Let's dive back in. Let's dive back in. Let's let's get real. Now, when you look at the fact that young people are not in the churches anymore, how do you bring them back in? What do you do to get them back into the faith-based community what do you do to at least get them to be in touch with God? Father Flager, you're still on the line. Yes, sir. All right. Well, I I think I think a lot of the young people um, have got discouraged with churches that have become religious businesses, and they don't see it relevant to the issues that they're dealing with and to the society they're dealing with. So I think they say, well, you know, what? what's different because this church is in this block? And they get discouraged of the fact that, you know, there's hundreds of churches in every community. And so they, they it's lost its relevancy, and I think it's lost its respect. So I, I think that they've got to see churches that are actually making a difference and are impacting people and that are dealing with the issues that are relevant to their lives. So I think, you know, the issue is not about how do we get young people back in church. I think the issue is it's got to be, how do we make churches that are relevant that young people will come to that church? Um, so I think that's one part of it. And I think the other part of it, though, is, and, and this is just my own personal thing, that we live in a day when institutions in general are just not, they're not important to a lot of young people. And so they, 
Um, they don't, they don't, the commitment level to it and the connecting to it, we're just people in general on a different day. So we, we've got a, you know, we've got that issue we're fighting with too. But I think the other part of it is when, when churches are relevant and they're making an impact and they see them doing something, I think that, uh, you don't have to try to get young people. I think they will come. Pastor Brooks. I agree. I think, uh, three things, one relevant, you know, a lot of churches aren't relevant and that's the reason why we're not reaching young people. Uh, another thing is relationships. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, we're not good at building relationships like we need to. And then the third is just being real. A lot of churches, a lot of young people seem to think that a lot of individuals uh, in church are not being real about their relationship with God. So I think in, when we can figure out a way to be relevant, a way to build relationships, and a way to be real, then we'll see a, a great return uh, of young people to the church. Uh, but don't get it twisted. There are a lot of churches that are impacting the lives of a lot of young people, and there are churches yep. where young people are are really involved in in in, in transformation and and doing some great things in the world. So not all churches, not all um, cities uh, are are experiencing a great falling away of young people. There are some great ministries, and there are some cities that are making great impact with young people. And I, I think we just got to keep focused and 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 stay on 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 what we're called to do. And hopefully, we'll begin to reach people. And 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 please understand too that a lot of pastors' hearts are broken uh, from not being able to reach young people. I know every day I'm always trying to figure out and think of how can we reach young people? How can I have them involved in ministry? I don't want to have a ministry where they feel like they can't have a place to be involved. That's not what I feel God has called me to do. So a lot of pastors, um, they may not have a lot of young people in their church, but believe me, their hearts are are grieved on a consistent basis. If if they're real pastors, I believe that. So I got Kira Moe in the building. Kira Moe, what's up? What's up? What's up? Is my mic on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. Okay, I can hear myself. I can hear myself. How y'all doing? All right. So um, we're going to dive into the role of politics. Both of you guys have both been on both sides of the parties and and, and over the years as pastors. What role? They, They talk about separating church and state, but you technically can't. Because if you are a pastor in this community and you really understand what's going on in the community, you should have, kind of have a role in politics. So what role does politics play? Uh, Father Flager, you, you supported uh, Mayor Lightfoot um, and uh, uh, um, you know uh, uh, other politicians, and you went against many politicians. Uh, so talk about the role of politics, Father Flager. Well, I, mean, I think the whole – this idea of separation of church and state is um has got to be relooked at because i think that um politics form and shape and affect the way people's lives are lived and how communities are treated and services and and educational services and and city service so politics govern whether we want to admit it or not a lot of how our conditions of our communities and of our people so i think our job is that we've got to We've got to be involved in politics. Um, I think the question has to be, are we involving it to come in there and be a conscience, or are we coming in there to get something? Uh, and not get something for the community, but get something for themselves. And I think that the, the reality we have to face with is that, you know, uh, we have to pull up the chairs of the table and be a conscience and not necessarily hook ourselves to a party. Don't hook our wagon to Democrats or Republicans. Right. But hook ourselves to policies, and that way, because I need them. Manu- 
Pardon? Neither party done nothing for us in, in, in forever. So, you know, that's well, just the that, truth. Well, I think the other part of it, Jay, is, though, that if you, you hook yourself to Rahm Emanuel or to Lori Lightfoot or to anybody, then when they do something you disagree with, you feel like, well, I'm hooked to this wagon, i got to run with it. Right. You know, where if you hook to policies and principles, then you can stand up what I have done when it was Rahm, and I'm sure there'll be times with Lori Lightfoot. You know, I believe in things that she's saying, but I'm sure she's going to do things. I'm going to say, you know what, I can't get with that, and right. I'm going to go against that. Yeah. Um, you know, we're looking at Springfield right now. You know, I mean, I, I was glad that, that um, Pritzker got elected, but at the same time, you know, I see this battle going on now, this legalization of marijuana and all them. This group is gathering up saying, but we don't want the uh, – folks who are going to be given expungement and, and all the rest, you know, That's well, crazy. we're going to have to be a church, and if you're going to legalize this, then you're going to let everybody out of jail and expunge everybody's jail. records who is front of us. So I think we got to always find ourselves in politics, but with principles and policies. Pastor Brooks. I agree. I, I think that we have to continue to be a, prophet, a prophetic voice um, to, to, speak, to speak to power. We have to always continue... Uh, to be involved, not become politicians, but to speak to politicians about equity, about justice, about how we think our communities uh, should be able to live, especially when it comes to economics and education. Uh, we have to speak to those po political uh, powers that be to, to, to get them to, to understand the inequities that, that are going on all the time in our communities. And so I think for uh, a pastor not to not to speak about it, not to talk about it, not to deal with it is to avoid the issues that his people uh, are right. dealing with, that the ones that he's called to shepherd. Now, for me, you know, people, you know, talked a whole bunch of stuff about my endorsement of, of Governor Rahner, and I tell people all the time that, yeah, my endorsement was based upon uh, one preference of uh, what, what Father Flager just said, my policy views. My, right. my it, it wasn't so much the person, it's the policies. Mm -hmm. And yeah. because of the policies, uh, certain policies I wanted to see, that's why it just happened to be that person. But it could have been whoever. Right. The policies are the issue for me. So that's, that's what I tend to stand on. And I have never um, preached a political sermon. I have yeah. never endorse somebody from my pulpit right. but as far as what i do as a pastor and outside right. of my church in the community i have to speak to those issues and i have to say something because that's what i'm called to do now father flager beat up runner pretty uh, uh he he got into a fist fight with runner <laughs> you know you know pastors you know, pass ain't supposed to be out I, there I pray fighting. for you every day and then a damn prayer is worth it <laughs> No, I think that what, what the community sometimes gets misconstrued, I think that it is very important for pastors to definitely be involved in politics. Yeah. But I think that sometimes it's a greed that's associated with pastors becoming a part of politics that people mm -hmm. then look at pastors as, are you really selling out the church? Is this really right. for the people? Yeah. How do we distinguish right. personal and then you know, the, the other half of it. And I think that's where the line kind of uh, get misconstrued because even thinking about you, um, Pastor Corey Brooks, I know when um, your your center was being built, a lot of people was wondering where certain funding was coming from that, mm -hmm. what deals were being made with that, were you going to push your congregation to kind of vote for certain different things depending on the deals that you got with that. Right. So I think that sometimes people may get 
people's minds get misconstrued yeah. based off of what's personal Absolutely. and then what actually is for a political gain to better the community. To better the community. Same here. Absolutely. Bo- bo- you, you and Father Flager, both uh, Father Flager, uh, they always talk about the money that he gets from from the city, yeah. but but then they don't see the work, right? So I had an opportunity to test Father Flega out and basically go in the summer to see what he was doing, and I saw him hire a thousand young people. Exactly. You know, so I saw Pastor Brooks hire young people. And he has a, a community center on sixty third and King Drive, and is building one. So I know both of you guys do a lot of great work in your prospective communities, um, and I just want to see some more unification. So now the question becomes this. Here's the real question. After all of these years, have the black churches, now you have your ones that do great work that I'm talking about. Do you think when you talk about the failure of communities, you're talking about politics, when you talk about all these different things, that somehow the black churches as a whole failed black communities looking at the state that communities are in today. Who wants to take? Who want to take this first? Let me let me jump in that. Yeah, and 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 <laughs> first of all, I, I, before we jump to that, Jay, I want to say this because you just brought out a I think important point. So Pastor Brooks was with uh, Bruce Reiner. I was with Pat Quinn. Right now, he believed in the policies that Bruce Reiner do. I was believing in the policies of, of Pat Quinn. Now. I don't think, and I, I, I'm sure Pastor Brooks is, would agree with this, I don't think either of us are going to apologize for asking for, for grants or for money that's going to benefit our community. Right, right. Um, Floyd Swake said when I was out with him years ago, he said, I, I, I look, I'm not with the, the red or the blue party, I'm with the green party, whoever brings money to my community. And, green, and, and so I think us asking whoever we, we are with or behind to, to put a demand on them to support the community is important. And we can be on different sides. You know what, it's actually good when people are on different sides, because then whoever comes in there and whoever wins, we we can get something from from that from that particular candidate when they take office. But now jumping to your your particular question is is that I think that churches in general, and I, I know you talk about the black community, but I think across the board churches have failed miserably in being the prophetic voice that Petrus is talking about, yeah. and and the conscience to society. I mean, we look out in. In Mount Greenwood, and we had a uh, congressional election mm-hmm. where 25% of people voted for a Nazi candidate, and two precincts, 40%. That's all primarily white and very strong Catholic. And I condemned, but you know, where was the church's voice talking about this Nazi who was running, getting all these votes? Yep. Two precincts got 40% of the votes. So I think churches across the board have become way too safe. Um, they have not been challenging enough. They have not been radical enough, and they're not forming conscious of people. We're too often we're we're another business. So I I think churches have failed the black, the white, the brown uh, community across this country because I think we look at today the moral lack of moral standards we have in this country. I blame the church because we are the ones who are supposed to be the Come prophetic on. voice. And I'm I'm glad to hear that because I was gonna have, I thought I was gonna have to disagree with you, Father Flager. But this this time we disagree on ninety nine percent of things. But this one percent, I got you on this one now. Now <laughs> that scares <I'm>, me. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm gonna take I'm gonna take two callers and I'm gonna let Pastor Brooks answer this question first. Uh, but it's three one two three seven four eight one three zero. Pastor Brooks, have the churches failed our communities? Absolutely. Whether it's the predominantly black church or predominantly Hispanic church or predominantly white church, 
the body of Christ, the church, has failed the world, period. Okay. Uh, we could do so much better as far as helping people to transform their lives and eradicating poverty. Right. You know, not only are we to deal with the spiritual ills of the world, but the the pop, there's so much poverty in the world yeah. where the churches just come up so short. And so, yeah, when people ask, you know, what do you give the church a, a grade of? I tell them we're failing. Um, now, right. with that said, the church has done some wonderful things. They've created schools. They've created hospitals. They've done uh, excellent things in the world. But we could do so much more yeah. if we would come together as the body of Christ and, and do what we're called to do as far as transformation is concerned. So absolutely. I, uh, especially in the black fail. community because that is, it, I would say, where most of black dollars go, right? A lot of a lot of black dollars go to the churches on Sundays, whether it's tithes, whether it's offerings. And then you look at the net worths of these pastors. I ain't going to talk about no pastor in the city today because I, you know I want to. But you got Kenneth Copeland, like we, play, we, we played here, $760 million. Father Flager talked about what seeds is he planting. What is, it, what is the people that give him this money, what do their communities look like when he has $800 million in, 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 in liquid and assets? We talk about Creflo Dollar. He's worth $20 million, but his jet is worth $60 million. He got a jet that's three times what he's worth. You got all, these, all this money that pastors have, and then you look at their constituents and their communities – People are homeless. Thousands of people are living on the streets. You got the schools that that are, uh, have inequities. You got uh, um, no mental health facilities like here in Chicago. You okay, know, but 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 let me say this though. Yeah. Now you look at seven hundred sixty million dollars that he has. Yeah. But you don't know how much he's given. That's the first. thing. He ain't given enough. Hold on, hold on. Listen, hold on. You, I don't and think you can be. A, is, and the second hey. thing is, let me say this: the government's shortcomings. It is not. It is not so much just the church's responsibility to take care of people. We have a government system. Look at California. You have so many homeless people, and then they call it a national crisis. No, that's a California crisis. That's a bad government crisis. And so you have individuals, the government, some of these ills, some of these things that are going on in our society, our government. Yeah, uh, but when you talk about government, we just talked about. We just talked about past. uh, Especially uh, for us who pay taxes. We talked about religion and politics, and and the people that are leaders in a community are the pastors, so that should automatically go to government because you should be holding those preachers i mean holding those politicians accountable absolutely so those those two going and now now we got two to uh, uh uh one more minute on this now father flager answer this question you are you 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 get a lot of backlash you got a lot of backlash for bringing fair con into your church now the cap the, the archdiocese and people be speaking out against you they suspended you when you spoke out against hillary uh uh racist clinton last time now Talk about uh, uh, why you haven't left the Catholic Church and started your own church because you, of course, would be a millionaire and get a bigger salary. You're getting a small <laughs> salary now in the Catholic Church. Uh, <laughs> you ain't making no money. So now why, why, why wouldn't you leave and get your own church? Well, first of all, I mean, over the years I have prayed and, and wrestled over the times whether I would leave the church. And let me, let me say this. As I look at all the different denominations, including the non-denominational, I have problems with every one of them. I have problems with Kojic, with Pentecostal, with Church of God in Christ, with Methodist, uh, Baptist. I have problems with all of them, like I have problems with the Catholic Church. So, you know, every time I, I know that I really pray and say, Lord, you know, what, 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 what do you want me to do? I've always felt his calling, as Pastor Brooks talked earlier, the calling to say, stay where you're at and, and make a difference. 
And so, you know, I think denominations really are different shoes that you wear to try to go somewhere. Um, so is there problems I have with the Catholic Church? Absolutely. But there's problems I can have with the Catholic Church. I got a lot of problems. Hey, I got a lot of problems with the Catholic Church. Yeah, well, you know. There is with every denomination. Look, I'm not going to get hung up with denomination. Yeah, I want to get, exactly. I want to, if I I'm a thorn in the year. side to the Catholic Church, then let me be a thorn in the side. But I'm going to continue to try to make church uh, relevant to the gospel that I believe. Now, I go to church once a year. Everybody, yeah, <laughs> oh my God. And, maybe. And right. I, hold on, I come to your church, Father Flega. You know, I've been there a couple times, and uh, th- to say thank you for your for my <laughs> offering. God dang, I gave an offering and tithes and everything. Like Jesus. I know, I heard that change when it hits the thing. <laughs> <laughs> to, to the Catholic Church, knowing, uh, you know, well, it's to your church. I ain't going to other Catholic Church. They got some other things they need to be focusing on instead of focusing on Father Flag and Faircom. And I ain't gonna get you in trouble. <laughs> right. I ain't gonna get you in trouble because you're on the line, and I know they probably listening. Um, <laughs> uh, and they got more lawsuits coming. So now, talk about where do we go from here? Uh, in the in the black communities. Uh, we we got a lot of problems. Uh, we, you just talked about poverty. You just talked about uh, uh, the, the horrible school system. I mean, where, where where do we go from here? How do we get aggressive? How do we? How do you guys weed out? Like we got other. We got like in the activism world, right? Like we got some activists who just you know like uh, uh, he he uh uh-uh, uh uh-uh, move him to the side. How do you get pastors that are real about this together so that we can actually have some real change? Pastor Brooks. Right, Pastor. Well, I think we have to have pastors who are like-minded. You can't walk with everybody. You you have to walk with people that you can agree with, people that you can be like-minded with. Right. And they're going to always, regardless of what profession you're in, they're going to always be some bad apples. You know, they're going to yeah. be some bad dentists. They're going to be some bad doctors. They're going to be some bad police. They're going to be some bad preachers. There's nothing that you can do about it. But what we can do is try to get individuals who are like-minded to do more things co- co- uh, and cooperate cooperate uh, together to build uh, a better lives for people. And at the end of the day, I-, I think that's what we're going to see happen. I think we're seeing it happen now. You have pastors coming together with Chicago Unite. You have pastors coming together um, to, 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 to mentor one another, to model out the ministries, even – like I just said earlier, I, I, I look at the things that Father Flager does, and I, I and I appreciate them. I applaud them, and I even model some of them. Yeah. And so I think it may appear to be to some that pastors aren't working together, but there is a lot more working together than what people think. And now this is an historic moment. Now, Father Flager and, and you, you guys have different views over the years, and you guys have— But that's my brother. That's, you, that's right. And but that's y'all brothers. Brother. I mean, right. and that's—, that's and, and I think that's that's the thing. I, you know what, Jay? I think that there's sometimes, yeah. Pastor Brooks and I have had different different uh, sides of an issue at different times, but I don't think we've ever disrespected each other. Yeah. I don't think we've ever called out each other. And I think there's a there was a respect that's there. And I think the problem. I think more people outside, including pastors, yeah, would love us to be at each other's throat. Then, yeah. then, and they they think that, that they make that up to be more than it is. I don't have a problem with Pastor Brooks. I don't think he has a problem with me. We've been together a number of times, and 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 worked together. Ten, we publicly, uh, yes. Pastor Brooks spoke about our relationship at over at that thing at Sixty Third Street, and, yeah. and that after that, that shooting, mm-hmm. and I got up and responded to that. I I think that you know what what, what 
Pastor Brooks just said that we there's people that want to keep that division going um, out there, and and I think that we just have to decide that we're going to come together, care for people, yeah. and and uh, support each other, and work together. Sometimes the reason that support isn't always or that connection is not always there is because we both are working so hard in what we're doing, yeah. and there's not there's not that time. But that does not mean you're disconnected or not supportive. It just means we're doing the things we're doing in our different areas and trying to make a difference. And so I want to firstly, I want to thank both of you guys for the work that you guys are doing in the community. Um, of course, uh, uh, there are many other pastors I didn't put on blast today in, in respect of you guys, but we'll do that another show. 